Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hello, and welcome to episode 256 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Chef Charles Carroll, an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, producer, culinary Olympic gold medalist, and the creator and producer of Operation Hot for honoring our troops. Charles is a former president of the World Chefs Board and is the host of The Recipe Podcast. Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jordan. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. So the first question I'd like to pose to you, Charles, is what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Well, I mean, I'm involved in a lot of different projects. Uh, my, my my real job, my paying job, is uh, River Oaks Country Club in Houston. Uh, but uh, I'm involved in uh, written three different books. The latest is coming out uh, actually this month. They're called The Recipe, and uh, it's a real special book that's meant to touch people's hearts. And, and it's had a, a lot of great reviews. We're excited about that. And been involved in a lot of um, uh, Operation Hot, honoring our troops. We brought a lot of a lot of uh, shows over to our troops in, in uh, Afghanistan, and that was pretty amazing. And giving out a lot of hugs, and and uh, getting, also involved with a lot of fundraisers and um, uh, programs here at the club. So tell me a little bit more about that Operation Hot. We'll dive into how you became a chef and everything you've been doing. But sounds like you're you're building a brand. You're you're working at a country club in Texas, and and then all of a sudden you decide that you're going to head over to Afghanistan and, and, and feed an entire army. What, what was going through your mind? How did that come to pass? Well, a friend of mine wanted to do that, um, and his name is John Fultz. He wanted to do it uh, many years ago, like back in 08, 09, or 10, and, and uh, we were going to go over the 4th of July and feed the troops and do a little cooking show. And, and that fell through because the vice president decided to go over – last second so they they scrapped our mission and and um so that was always in my head ever since then um so i developed it myself and honor uh, operation honoring our troops and <clears throat> i put together a team of 20 celebrities and and a 10 support team from kuwait we traveled with 30,000 pounds of show gear we fed 5,000 troops we gave around uh gave away five ton of gifts and and um we did uh five shows uh, one, the one the major one was right there in, in uh, Kandahar uh, for six or seven hours, um, and then we did uh, four other ones in forward operating bases. We jumped in some Chinook helicopters and went outside the wire uh, into FOBs, and that was that was really intense. And, uh, yeah, tell me more about that. What was that like? Well, I mean, you know, you can imagine, you know, it, it, it's a it's a live war zone, and and uh, the main base is uh, I've never felt I never felt threatened, but you know, there's 30,000 troops on that base from all over the world, and and um, but you just never know, and, and there's missions going out, you know, every hour. And then the general gave us his security team, and we got into two Chinook helicopters, and and that was just really surreal, um, spooky, kind of surreal. And and we're going into these bases, and there's over 250 bases, uh, forward operating bases in Afghanistan. So you have your main base, and then they kind of push out these rings of security and keep pushing them out further and further, and that's what they call the FOBs, for the operating bases. And so we brought the show to the troops that don't get shows. You know, they're, you know, I don't want to say they're prison camps, but they're, you know, they're wired, fenced-in areas that hold, you know, a couple hundred troops, and um, it's pretty intense. And 
that, and we give out some hugs, man. I tell you that, you know, it, it's so, it's so emotional for me, Jordan, that, um, you know, there, there's several troops that talk to me about suicide. They gave me notes uh, to um, to give to their, you know, when you get back to the States, please call my mom and told me, tell them that you saw me and, and that I'm fine and I'm okay and those kind of things. And it was, um, it, it's just, it's, it's life-changing. Wow. And that's all through cooking, through coming over there and just giving them a warm meal. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I had some great celebrities. I had Lou Holtz uh, from Notre Dame and I had uh, – uh, I had uh, Robert Irvine uh, from Restaurant Impossible, and I had a YouTube band. I had all kinds of, you know, comedians and stuff like that, and and it was a hell of a show. I mean, it was, you know, lights, camera, action, music. It was all car, um, you know, choreographed. It was, you know, message from presidents. I had five messages from uh, from presidents uh, videotaped directly to them from Rudy Giuliani, from uh, from celebrities, because the first time I went to I went to the I did this. I, I realized that some of the troops are so upset. You know, they were supposed to be only there for eight months or nine months, and they're there a year and a half, and they're mad and they're upset, and they don't even know why they're fighting and these kind of things. So it was important to me to bring them the message that, hey, we haven't forgotten about you. We care about you. And uh, it's a funny thing about the food because it's not easy. There is no civilian ever, ever to do this. I'm the only civilian ever to do Operation Hot. It's a self. Um, uh, put together a program. I did everything from our office here. Ninety percent of the money was donated by our members. And um, the only way you're going to go over to, you know, Afghanistan or a war zone to do a show is if you go through uh, a USO or MWR through the military. But we um, we kind of changed that. I had some great connections. And um, but back to the food. You know, it's funny. We have videotape of some of these guys saying, you know, the show is great and meeting the celebrities are great, but. We're really excited about this food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were standing in line. It's 120 degrees out, and they were standing in line for hours to get to that uh, the Cajun Creole meal we brought them. Wow. So so you've really cre- done, gone beyond just being a chef uh, employed in a, in a restaurant and a country club. You've gone from the Culinary Institute of America to multiple uh, – to, to now having books and, and being a speaker and having your own podcast and competing on – on television shows, I mean, it took a lot to get to the point where you're creating television shows that you could even bring them to Afghanistan. How, tell me a little bit about how you evolved as a chef from somebody who, as a kid, just probably loved food to somebody who's able to, to cook and then create a whole multimedia experience where you're, you're bringing cooking into, in the kitchen into other people's homes. Well, yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, you know, I grew up in a country inn, uh, family-owned business, and as you listeners know, if you're in a family-run business, you're working eight days a week, and, and you're shoveling snow, fixing fireplaces, and helping guests, and guests are constantly in your home. So I was brought up different than a lot of a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great thing. I mean, the, the discipline I learned from my mom and dad were amazing. Uh, but I was cooking breakfast starting in third grade, and, and uh, I've only had three cooking jobs all my life, and that was – the Balsams Resort in Northern Tip of New Hampshire and, and uh, Oak Hill Country Club in, in Rochester, one of the most famous golf courses in the country and the world, and, and then now here at River Oaks for the last almost 18 years. So, um, But it's all about dreams, man. If I could just, you know, uh, inspire your listeners, you know, I would, you know, encourage everyone to find that thing inside them, that thing. We're, we're all put on earth, you know. We have something special about us. you got to find it, and some people – don't ever find it. Some people find it and don't dare to act on it. And 
And uh, I would just like to encourage everybody to find it, you know, find that thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and then have the courage to jump and, and make it happen. And, and that's the story of my life. You know, I, you know, I, I, I loved, I'm a big dreamer, you know, this book, the recipe that's coming out uh, this month, uh, we now have movie interest on it, you know, and I started this project eight years ago. Um, and I just keep the money, you know, my mantra is I just keep pounding and pounding and pounding uh, until those doors open. So what is it about, what does cooking mean to you? I mean, cooking and in the hospitality field is, is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's, it's, uh, and, uh, and it's a son of a gun at the same time. And it's early mornings, late nights, weekends and holidays. It's, 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 it's not an easy business. And, uh, but food affects everybody every day. And food is part of any celebration, however you look at it. Well, it's a celebration of, of, of a birth or of, of, a a communion or or, uh, or or part of life or anniversaries um, or everyday family sitting around the table, which which is not happening as much as we'd like it to, or to celebrate life itself um, uh, at the end of our time. So food is special, and and the hospitality. I mean, we have opportunities to break bread with people and and staying in the kitchen with your friends. And I mean, it's I mean, it's from the heart, you know. Um, uh, there's other, there's a lot of great honorable professions. There's a lot of great ones out there, but but not to pick on, let's say, electrician. You know, electricians say, hey, uh, you know, why don't you come over to my house and we're gonna fix a couple light switches. <laughs> you know, you don't do that, but you all, you oftentimes go over to your friend's house and stand around the kitchen and have a glass of wine and and someone's cooking from their favorite family recipe. So, cooking's it's it's uh, it's special to me. And how did you recognize that it was? A calling, as as you mentioned, everyone eats. Everyone eats every day. Many listeners cook, have cooked in the last 24 hours to, for, for themselves. Just made some dinner right. after work. But of course, cooking is a whole lot more to you. Uh, yeah. to many people they cook just to eat because they're hungry and then it's done. But for you, right. it's a career. It's a passion. It's a calling. You said that everyone ought to find something special within themselves. How did you come to recognize that that becoming a chef was would allow you to actualize that something special that je ne sais quoi inside of you? Yeah, I, I think at first uh, my first aha moment was when I was at the Baltimore Resort. I might have been age 24, 25, something like this, and um, I became the executive chef at a four-star, four-diamond resort. And and I think the aha moment was when I was leading, you know, as a culinary team of 65 at the time, and um, we had a, a strong apprenticeship program there of 17 to 20, 20 young people that were in an apprenticeship program. There. They were there to study, and they were they were they were like green berets, you know. They were there, they were laser focused, and and I, I just got back to my first Olympics, winning my first gold medal, um, and and I guess my aha moment was that these kids were there and they wanted, they were willing to chew off the table, do whatever it takes to be successful. They wanted it bad. And they would listen. They would hang on my every word, and so it was a great responsibility um, to fulfill their need and and to study myself and stay on top of my game so I can I can lead them. And and they would jump in foxholes with me, you know, back then. So then I realized, you know what, this is pretty pretty great. You know, I can have a great uh, impact on these young people's lives. And I think that was probably the aha moment for me. And then it just kept. Uh, Every year, 
uh, Jordan, is, is special for me. I mean, I'm doing projects now that I wasn't even dreaming about in January. So I'm in a really great place in my career right now. We have a lot of projects that were, were thrown in the air, and, and, and a lot of them are, are it's starting to get exciting. Some things are really starting to happen. So I hear you speaking about your ability to influence and impact others. I think something that comes naturally to a chef is fundamentally you're preparing food for other people. Uh, you're trying to in- help other people enjoy an evening, enjoy an afternoon. You're always giving food to other people, and that, that's the nature of the job. But it seems as though uh, there's a, a, a simultaneous concurrent with your ability to to provide and to give to, to customers uh, the food, you're also able to influence and impact the other chefs and the younger chefs. So it sounds like while you're uh, cooking, you're able to advance, kind, kind of provide, be a mentor uh, simultaneously with uh, providing, uh, uh, I guess, helping other people find enjoyment uh, in their in their daily lives. Is that does that resonate with you? Yeah, it sure does. It's totally accurate. You know, as you get older in life, um, you know, light bulbs start to go off in your head and you start to have these epiphanies that, you you things do resonate with you deeper. You know, you start to slow down a little bit. You start to think about things a little bit more. You start to think about your health. You start to think about the impact you have on others. And instead of scratching, clawing, and, 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 and just trying to race up the ladder, I think at least uh, in my in my case, you slow down a little bit and you, you try to force yourself to, to stop and look around you, you know, put your hand on people's shoulders and, and, and smell the roses and, 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 and just enjoy life and try to, um, you know, there's nothing better, there's not a better feeling to see somebody else be successful than you had a small part in that. Um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we have to, we're on this earth a very short time. And, uh, you know, I hate to see anybody waste it. That's why I encourage people so much, you know, to, to, to find that thing uh, that makes them jump out of bed in the morning and they can just recreate themselves. Was there somebody at the Culinary Institute of America or elsewhere who served as a mentor to you? Well, um, Ferdinand Metz, uh, who was the president at the time when I was there, he was a friend of my dad's and um, he, he was one of the most brilliant culinary minds uh of of our time here in the U.S., um, he was a mastermind, and I always looked up to him. And then the Olympic teams, you know, my dad showed me an Olympic video when I was in high school, and ever since I saw that video, I wanted to be on an Olympic team. And then when I went to CIA, I saw the, the chefs that were in the movie were actually instructors there, so I chased them around. I was like a gym rat, you know, like a like a roadie, uh, and, you, know, find, you know, chasing these guys and begging them to, to work with them or, or, uh, you know, to, to whatever, uh, work on projects with them. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing was an inspiration. That's an amazing school. Um, what is it that makes a mastermind? What is it that that allows you to win the Olympic gold medal, the culinary Olympic gold medal? What is it that that makes you uh, – what is it that, def- that distinguishes a, um, a, a, a very talented chef from, from someone else? What, what's the difference? Well, it, it, uh, the, the most talented chef from anybody else, it's, it's passion because um, truly fantastic, wonderful food comes from the heart. And, and fantastic, wonderful food sometimes takes longer. There's a lot of different ways to make a grilled cheese or to make whatever you want to make. But chances are 
the most fantastic way takes a little bit longer, and you have to be passionate about it, and you have to care about where that product came from. And you know, I see young people in the kitchen all the time whacking off three, four inches from a celery root and throwing the trash. They have absolutely no respect where that that celery stock came from and what it took to get to the table and and to actually to smell, you know, celery. What's uh, you know, to really make something wonderful with. But it's all about passion and heart. And, and and to be really you know really care about the product and where it came from. Um, an angry an angry chef can't make good food. You know you have to be passionate. And, and you know you know you you've been into homes, Jordan, where you go into and you might have seen someone's mom or your mom or your grandmother you know standing over the stove with an apron on and she's making this dish that she's made a hundred times and you just can't wait to have it around the holidays. That's coming from the heart, you know. That's your grandma or your mom that just loves what they do and loves that one dish. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. What are you hoping that people who are eating your food are experiencing? Well, you know, we, we I'm blessed here at the club that, you know, we, we have some people that, you know, travel the world and have some pretty awesome palates. So, well, I have I have a lot of opportunity to let our hair down and, and really, really come out of the box. And, and uh, we do some... You know, if I have a, a member that comes up to me and says, Chef, you know, remember that meal you did for us two years ago for our anniversary? And I can barely remember what we did last week. And and um, and they say, you did, the, and they'll describe the dish perfectly from two years mm-hmm. ago. That that's, yeah. the, that's the biggest compliment I can ever get, you know, where, I mean, you impacted that person, you know, and, and – uh, and we we we're fortunate where we can do some meals that that people get up from. I said, well, I I got I got a letter. I'm looking around right now, hanging on the wall, saying, Chef, that a meal that you did the other night was the most amazing dining experience I've ever had. And um, that's that's when you know you're making an impact on somebody. Does it ever? I guess when you're when you're cooking the food, does does the food ever serve? Do you prefer if it becomes the main focal point and everyone's focusing on it and closing their eyes and speaking about the food, or has it ever come to pass that the food that you cook is is merely ambiance? It's it's something they're they're having a business meeting or they're just catching up with old friends and and they're ordering food at the same time. Is the food ever not the focus of the conversation? Oh yeah, and, yeah. I, I don't want to lie to you. I mean, it's all it's it's all the above. I mean, you just mentioned. Um, you know, we have uh, here at the club, we have three different restaurants, six kitchens. Uh, I have 75, a staff of 75, and we do 80 to 100 parties a week. So, I mean, we, we're busy. We're a smoking busy uh, property. Um, and we have the business lunches going on every single day. Um, so someone's ordering an omelet at lunchtime, you know, or someone's ordering a chicken fried steak. You know, we're, we're in Houston. <laughs> you know, so that's all going on, and it could be the best chicken fried steak they've ever had. They our members love our fried chicken. Um, and so there's there's all of that going on. And, and then we have the ones where you close your eyes and you have no idea what state you're in. We're doing those kind of meals as well. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's a great responsibility. Um, we're feeding a lot of people, uh, and, and that's important. And we're doing, a, you know, we do everyone's holiday here, obviously, at the club, so that's important. Is it ever uh, different cooking for yourself and or a loved one as compared to cooking on the job? Uh, 
I, I only only that I probably get a chance to breathe a little bit more when I'm at home and and uh, and and I mean there's nothing better you know at this point in my life I don't get a chance to sit down with my entire family a lot you know both my kids have they have graduated and they're they're incredibly wonderful successful kids and and so they're outside the house so if I can be at my dinner table with my uh, two beautiful kids I mean that's that just shines over everything um, yeah so Charles. Uh, we're approaching the end of this podcast episode, so I'd like to ask your final two-part question, which is to speak to the uh, guests of the country club where you work now in Houston, Texas. And I'd like you to take a moment and speak to them about why it is that you have taken pleasure in providing them pleasure, why you've given of yourself to bring a hot meal, uh, Cajun meal, to the, to the troops in Afghanistan. Why is it that you're seeking to use your celebrity chef status to uh, bring more joy into people's lives. And what do you think ultimately is the impact and the legacy of uh, your work to bring that joy and to inspire uh, pleasure and, and memories uh, in others? Well, I mean, if we can make someone smile, you know, someone posted something on Instagram the other day, and uh, it was a perfectly – uh, roasted uh, ribeye on top of a grill, and it had some melted butter and some rosemary on it, and and it was it was kind of like a black and white picture. It was a buddy of mine. All it was was a piece of meat on a grill, and it just brought a smile to my face because I could see the love in it. I could see it was carefully taken care of. It was perfectly caramelized. The butter was beautiful on it, and it brought a smile to my face. And and when I can when I'm able to do that for our members. And the members respect it. The members have, have traveled all over the world. They have their favorite restaurants all over the city. Houston's a wonderful dining city. And then when they can say, Chef, I just love your food. Or I just love what you do for us. And we're so proud to have you here or we're so lucky to have you here. If I can bring a smile to their face, I mean, I, I go home, you know, kind of evaluating my day, you know, and so we made a lot of people happy today. I mean, that's a, that's a really great feeling. And I, I have a lot to owe to the members they're amazing people. They're very generous people. They helped our staff when times are tough. Uh, they helped me with Operation Hot, you know, financially to make. I mean, they're just really beautiful people. So I, I'm every day I drive down River Oaks Boulevard and I and I'm I say to myself, I'm the chef at River Oaks Country Club. I'm really proud of that. And and I guess as far as myself, um, I, I would like for people to re, you know remember me as the guy who. You know, wanted to touch people's hearts and wanted to help people that wanted to put smiles on the face that helps the staff be successful. I mean, my first two books, Leadership Lessons from a Chef, Finding Time to Be Great, and Tasting Success are both for, uh, and they're being used in 70 schools around the United States and parts of the world um, to help people, uh, help people chase their goals. The same thing with my podcast, uh, the Recipe Podcast. Um, I'm doing that to touch people's hearts. So um, when, when, Jordan, when you make the, when you make your dreams about other people, you make them bigger than you. You make them bigger than, than who you are, and you help other people achieve their dreams. I mean, doors start opening so fast for you, so much quicker. So um, that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. And and the recipe, I mean, I mean, how how blessed can I be? I mean, I mean, uh, a story of lost love and the ingredients of greatness is is you know very close. To becoming a movie, um, and so I'm just I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled right now. 
Well, that we'll look forward to that movie. And for our listeners, that has been Chef Charles Carroll, an award-winning author, inspirational speaker, producer, culinary Olympic gold medalist, uh, who uh, was former president of the World Chefs Board, hosted the Recipe Podcast, and he speaks about a passion that he has for for food and and how his passion for food comes from the heart, and that he's willing to take more time to make something wonderful in order to bring smiles to people's faces and touch people's hearts. He's about creating memories and providing uh, a, an environment in which those memories can be formed. And ultimately, as he helps uh, others achieve their dreams and help provide people with lasting positive memories and, or you know, even a, a simple smile at the end of the day, uh, Chef Charles advances the public interest through those smiles, through those hearts, uh, and through his work as a chef. So, Chef Charles, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been a real pleasure, Jordan. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com and on iTunes. Leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Should you wish to comment on this episode, you're welcome to leave a voicemail at 240-630-0380. And the first three minutes of that voicemail may be played in future episodes of Public Interest Podcast. Should you wish to support the podcast, you're welcome to leave a contribution in an amount that you feel comfortable with at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.